All right, welcome back to this week's Walk and Talk Den. I hope you've had a great week so far, and I hope you were able to at least get through a little bit of yesterday's video. I know it was a beast, but imagine my lack of sleep creating that. The 45-minute video that you've got there is a special report. That took me, with recording and editing, probably about 16 to 18 hours so it is worth watching that report it is a real I, I mean i was really surprised actually by that yesterday absolutely it's just unbelievable but if we have time we can touch upon a couple more points but let's get started today with what is going on in the us and by the way we are at the braid today which is a heritage site here on the Isle of Man. We're going to walk down to it. But I want to start with the big story that isn't a big story because it's not in any of the mainstream media at the moment. And I think it's because they there's obviously some manipulation going on and they're using the media in order to try and create a lot of outflows from the small banks to the big banks. And I even fell for this myself. So what did I say? I said all the funds are flowing from the small banks to the big banks. However, having looked at the FRED, so the Federal Reserve data, which just came out, that is not strictly true because let me give you the statistics here. Deposits at JP Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo, and Bank of America shrank by $465 billion. Uh, that's year on year, more than twice the total of all the 4,000 small banks. So you think of all the money that outflowed from the small banks. Well, double that, and that's what outflowed from the big banks. But even though I did say that they were flowing to the big banks, I still stand by what I said, that the big banks are too big to fail. So I just need to do a correction on that story I said before, because we didn't have the data then. And it seemed obvious, it seemed obvious, if the money's flowing out of small banks, where else would it go? Because even if it goes to the stock market or it goes to gold or silver or crypto or some other asset class, there's always a seller for every buyer. So I'll leave that for you to drop a comment below. Where do you think all of this money, because we're talking over $600 billion that has outflowed and where exactly has it gone? That's definitely something I'm going to be looking into. Where, in fact, it's almost 700 billion. Where has this 700 billion gone that has left people's bank accounts? It can't all be in cash because the M1 supply doesn't reflect that. So it is very, very interesting right now. In fact, when we look at the stats deeper, the three largest banks in the US, JP Morgan, Chase, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, they actually represented 72% of the entire decline in the 25 largest banks. So 184 billion, 118 billion, and 465 billion respectively. So that is a lot of outflows. Oh, I just walked straight into a cobweb there, right in the face. Uh, let's get through here. Look how beautiful it is today. And by the way, this is still fairly early. It's about 9 a.m. that I'm recording this. So it's still fairly early and it's already t-shirt weather here. People always say, why are you wearing warm clothing, Neil, when you do these walks and the sun's out? Because this island, the Isle of Man, is in the middle of the Irish Sea. 
So even though it might look absolutely hot and sunny and everything else, a lot of the time it's not. You, you always get a little bit of a wind chill, but today there doesn't seem to be any wind and the sun is out and it's nice enough for a t-shirt. So hopefully I'm gonna be in t-shirts now until the end of August, uh, mid-September. Carrying on with the big banks then in the US, something else that's taken place at the moment, and we knew this one was coming. The big banks face billions in extra FDIC fees to cover Silicon Valley Bank failure. The FDIC has said that their fund has been almost wiped out and the big banks need to replenish it. However, the big banks are not keen on doing this at all because the small banks don't have to contribute. Oh, here we go. So this is where we are today because people always ask, where are you? This is the braid. It's a uh, Manx National Heritage. And remember what we talked about yesterday with these big, big banks. A lot of them are gonna have a lot of problems in the future. The Bank of England has let the cat out of the bag. I think is the best way to describe this at the moment. And they're saying that they, when they go onto this digital currency, they are not there to save the existing financial system. In fact, it's very clear. It says that they're not going to save it. If the existing financial system does collapse or you know something really bad happens to it, because they've got no way to, again, if you've watched the whole 45 minute report yesterday, you'll see this part. And then it talks about later on, you see the thing with these reports, they always leave the draconian dystopian stuff until after all of the, you know, all the small print, oh, this person helped to, you know, create this report and everything else. And then they put in things like, oh, the digital currency might only have a £5,000 limit, even though they say it's going to be 10 to 20,000. But they say, but it could be only £5,000. Well, imagine if that is you and you've got a lot of money in the bank. I just don't know how they're going to do it. And it's going to be a new currency as well. It won't be part of the existing pound. So I don't know how they're going to manage these outflows. So these big banks eventually, mark my words, timestamp this, save this video. In 20 years time, there will no longer be commercial banks. You will only have, I know that's a crazy sort of claim there, but look at all my other claims over the last three years. Look how many have come to pass. You will not have commercial banks in 20 years. You may not even have a lot of commercial banks in 10 years. You might only have half that or less in 10 years, maybe even a quarter of that. It, it depends on how bad this financial crash is gonna be. And you even look at the panic that's going on at the moment between the big banks uh, and this, and the, you know, raising the debt ceiling and everything else. Biden has now come out and Janet Yellen and said they might use the 14th Amendment if Republicans don't play ball. And of course, you know, the whole thing's a clown show anyway. <laughs> it really is. So they want the Republicans to just agree to, you know, paying the debt with no terms and conditions. And the Republicans want the Democrats to cut spending and Democrats won't cut spending. Now, just another point on that not getting into politics here too much but both parties are guilty i know that a lot of people keep saying it's the democrats that spend all the money and they rack up all the bills well from an outside perspective since i'm not american and i don't you know i'm not a political person although people say yes you are you know i don't know how it can be possible to give an opinion without someone linking that to, to politics these days everything seems to be linked to politics but either way 
enacting the 14th Amendment would be very, very interesting. I think it would get a lot of pushback anyway. It would go through the courts. They'd say, you know, they might say it wasn't legal and all this other stuff. So it would be very interesting. We're going to see how that plays out. I know a lot of the big banks are, you know, there was an article about creating a war room and all this other stuff at the moment about this. I do think it's going to be very interesting. The US has got a lot of problems right now. But let me just show you this for a moment. So this is where we are today. It's called the Braid and it is a heritage site. It's very, if you ever get the chance to come here, definitely check it out because it shows you how the Vikings used to live. And there's the site just there. Shows you how they, it is quite interesting and fascinating because I always wondered how they survived here. You can see the sort of time period here. So well over a thousand years ago, they lived here. I always have to be careful now when I say a date because I'm usually I've got stuff in my head and I'm walking and everything. And I, and I, I might say something then say, oh, 200 years ago and go, ah, I meant to say 400 years ago or whatever. It's like yesterday, even though that was a massive report, loads of detail, so many, well, actually most of the comments were positive about this, but I said, oh, it was Latin or, or something. And, you know, a lot of people pointed out actually it was French. That shows you that I know nothing about the French language. But, you know, most of the comments were positive on that and said, no, no, it was, it was French actually, which is great. Thanks for correcting me. But then you get a couple of people that say, oh, 10 hours or whatever spent on this and he couldn't spend an extra 10 minutes researching whether it was Latin or French. And it's like, dude, come on, give me a break. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop the video and stop all the research just so I can actually research a, a bit of text underneath the royal family's logo. Talking about the royal family or, or Britain, as it were, we've just had the Bank of England announced a increase to the base rate again. So it's now up to 4.5%. Now, I'll tell you why this is significant and why this is going to be pretty serious. And that is because 4.5% as a base rate now is high enough that it won't do anything to inflation. It's not going to bring inflation down from the 10.1%. The inflation will naturally start to reduce as time goes by. It won't be because they've raised the interest rate to 4.5%, but it's also low enough that it's going to help the economy to become even worse. And I thought this was hilarious that Andrew Bailey has now come out. Firstly, he attacked Hugh Pill and said, oh, he should never have said that people should get used to being poorer. But then he said he doesn't expect the UK to go into a recession now this year. And rather than say his reasons why and whatever else, he just said it was a misunderstanding. It was a miscommunication. You know, you, as usual, they blame people in the office. Oh, someone, someone gave the wrong information. It, it wasn't supposed to say that. Okay, he's had months to come out and say that it was a miscommunication, misunderstanding. All of a sudden now he's coming out. No, it, he, it's obvious now the data's changed. In fact, let me read out what he said about the data. This is complete gobbledygook. I will not give details or accurate figures as the forecasts were based on conditional data, which is subject to frequent and significant fluctuations. Huh? English, please. I was like, oh man, no one is going to really understand exactly what he means 
when he says that. But an analyst says, in the context of resilient economic activity, we think there is a good chance of the bank rate peaking at 5% by the August meeting. Rate cuts are unlikely until 2024, whereas the Fed will begin cutting very shortly. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. They keep saying, this is the thing, these analysts keep saying, oh, the Fed's about to cut rates. Oh, here it comes. They're going to cut rates now. And guess what? They don't. They don't start cutting rates and they can't start cutting rates yet for a long time. So how these people still have a job, I really don't know. Some of the, I'm not joking when I say this, some of these analysts have been wrong for three years straight and they're still on the media every day giving forecasts. I mean, I, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. But one thing I do get is the fact that the Bank of England has just said 1.3 million UK borrowers, so they're talking about mortgage, uh, mortgage rates here, are about to have hikes to their mortgages. And they say that this is an additional hike because they don't want to say what the first hike was of around £200 per household. So that's 1.3 million people. Remember, the UK isn't as big as the US and some of these other countries. So 1.3 million people is a huge amount. Now, what they're not saying is that there was already a hike, an average hike of around 200 pounds before. So this is another 200 pounds for some people. I'm not, not all, but for some people onto their mortgages. So this is significant. This is a lot of money on top of food, on all sorts of products and services. But not just that, this is the thing that I found quite alarming, I guess we can use that word. Andrew Bailey said that only about one third of the impact of the rate hikes have hit the economy so far. So he expects that over the next 12 months, the remainder of the impact is going to hit the economy, which could make conditions worse for a short period of time. That is quite a statement to make a very, I mean, I'm not even sure why he made that statement, especially considering what he said before about the recession, he's now retracted and said, oh no, that was a miscommunication, that was a mistake. Okay, as we're walking here, let me just show you this. So what they used to have were these separate walls. So you can see these banks here, they're full of stone. And then they would have the roundhouse there in the middle. It's quite clever how they did it. They had these different sections and it would stop the wind because you imagine this area here is extremely open. Look at this, all the way around, look how open this area is. And the waterways are still here today. So we have a waterway just there and then we have another waterway just over this part here in fact, I stepped over it before. So you can see they were quite ingenious people. They had very good logic and common sense. <laughs> Sometimes I think intelligence is overrated, especially in this day and age. The Federal Reserve is now admitting, yeah, we'll use that word, admitting that they are on track to reduce American jobs by over a million this year. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about there and that you've You've just heard that for the first time, it seems strange. Basically what happened was, as part of the plan, the Fed said by raising rates and doing a lot of these measures, it will help to reduce job numbers. And that's important. They, they want to reduce job numbers, 
because that will cut down on spending. And when you cut down on spending, they believe that will help to reduce inflation. So that's the theory behind it. But then at the same time, you've got the current administration fighting against that. And I just saw this really bizarre report actually. And it was all about the, um, the migrant surge, I think they're calling it at the border. And they're saying that this will help with jobs, that the more people that come in, it will help to fill a lot of these jobs that are not being taken up by Americans and that Americans don't wanna do this job. So I guess that's their kind of justification for it. But it's all over the news today about about this what's it called oh yeah here we go title 42 that just expired yesterday apparently so we've got all these clashes with mayors i thought this was quite funny actually reading this that you've got these nyc chicago mayors who are clashing with the administration and then you've got others that are blaming, and the administration is blaming it on, I gotta read this out, this made me laugh. Far right, <laughs> you know I love this word, far right governors like Florida and Texas who are refusing to take in their fair share and instead creating illegal transitory highways. Okay, what is, I mean, what is that? Who defined what the fair share should be in the first place. And who says that Florida and Texas has to take in people that are crossing the border? You see, these are the sort of ethical challenges that come up a lot. And there aren't really any easy answers. I mean, you, can, you've really, you can't really be in the middle on things like this. You've got to sit on one side or the other. In the middle, it gets very, very hazy and very complicated. Now, according to the BBC, and I don't know if this statistic is true, but the BBC are saying that there are 60,000 people on the border that are just waiting to cross over today. Who knows if that's true? I don't believe most of what the BBC says at the best of times, but they're saying there's gonna be around 10,000 people crossing per day. If you are around that area, you know more about this, please drop it in the comments to educate the rest of us, please, because I'm very interested to know what the facts are on this. In fact, I've just found a statement here. This is from Border Patrol Chief Raul Ortiz. And uh, he told CBS, it says the BBC's US partner. I did not know that. So CBS, very interesting them. Along the southern border, there are about 60,000 people that are currently waiting to cross with a further 10,000 crossing per day across the 2,000 mile border. Okay, so there we go. I guess that is confirmed then. But I think I'll leave it there for today. That was a lot to take in. Uh, thank you for being a subscriber here. Thank you for uh, supporting me. I, I really appreciate it, especially when I do these sort of pieces, especially yesterday. That was basically half a week's worth of work. So I really appreciate any support, whether that's the private community or you take my courses or anything like that. Uh, thanks a lot for that. Uh, take care. God bless. And I'll see you next week now.